0: Look, I know musicians who are afraid to say that they voted for Brexit, all right? I know comedians who are afraid to say that they voted conservative. There are people working in tech in Silicon Valley who are afraid to say that um, even if they didn't vote Republican, all right, they just think, oh, maybe they don't think, maybe they don't hate Donald Trump. Maybe they think, ah, oh, she's got some good ideas. Maybe their parents voted for him. And they can't let people know that because they're worried about losing their job, losing opportunities, et cetera. And it's like, that's insane. This is not to detract from anyone who has experienced racism or who has had bad times or whatever. But I find it amazing that that's the only side that certain channels want to give. And, you know, it's the same thing in the U.S., right? Always the same thing. Always the same messaging always the, you know, woe is me, I'm so oppressed, everything is terrible, everything is racist, everyone is horrible, white people are bad. And honestly, like, I've reached the stage where I'm just tired of it.
1: Okay, today's guest is Zuby. As well as being a successful rapper, he's also a well known and very astute political commentator. He's the host of the podcast Real Talk with Zuby and has appeared on basically all of the biggest podcasts in the world, like Joe Rogan, Ruben Report, Ben Shapiro's show, and a whole bunch of others as well. Um, he's also got a ridiculously large social media following, so you've probably come across him somewhere on social media if you're on that sort of stuff in general. So yeah, Zubi, it's really great to have you on the show.
0: Hey, how's it going, Max? Happy to be here, man.
1: Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks for joining. I've really wanted to have you on for ages because you've got a really interesting perspective on everything, as far as I can tell. <laughs> Um, so all right, I just wanted to, why don't we start by, could you just give me a kind of background about yourself and your kind of general political outlook, and then we can dig into what you actually think about specific issues and what's going on at the moment.
0: Yeah, sure. So a background again, about myself in terms of my, my life or in terms of my perspectives and politics.
1: Well, I guess kind of like a brief history of where you grew up, your life, okay. and, and then also just kind of your general political outlook.
0: Gotcha. So, um, I was born in the UK to um, parents who are originally from Nigeria. I moved to Saudi Arabia as a baby. I lived there and went to school there. I went to an American school there up until fifth grade, so about the age of 11. Um, I then went to boarding school in the UK, did very well in school, got into Oxford University, studied computer science there for three years. When I was in my first year, I started rapping. When I was in my second year, I released my first album. Um, And then I moved to London, worked in the corporate world for 3 years, 2008 to 2011. 2011 I left my full-time job to go pursue my music full-time. I've been self-employed ever since then, so coming up to 9 years now. And um yeah, I've put out 8 albums and EPs in total, traveled, you know, performed in 8 different countries, done like a just done done a lot of stuff like pop-up shops, created a whole merchandise brand that's been successful. Um, I released my first, you know, in two, in 2019, especially things really started to branch out. I wrote and released my first book, strong advice. I went viral online multiple times. Um, I started doing some life coaching and social media coaching, stuff like that. So I've got my hands in a lot of different pies. Also started my podcast at the beginning of last year. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's been growing, got a lot of great guests on about to hit the hundredth episode. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I do there. Um, in terms of politics, it's kind of funny because I don't consider myself hyper political. Um, I'm more interested in culture and society and where we're headed than I am in terms of sort of the nitty gritty of politics. But in terms of my views, they are and they always have been, I guess, by British or American standards, I've always been relatively relatively, what, what, what people would relatively define as more conservative or libertarian leaning. Um, it really goes from issue to issue though. So I'm not someone who's like, okay, you know, one of my views and you can just sort of automatically predict absolutely everything else and infer everything. Um, it's a lot more nuanced than that. So I kind of go from issue to issue. Um, some things I have very strong opinions on, some things I don't, particularly have a strong opinion on. And I try not to speak on stuff that I don't know about anything about. Um, but yeah, I always try to be calm, rational, reasonable. I'm open to talk. I'm very, I'm very liberal in the sense of being what it's supposed to mean in terms of supporting free speech and, um, allowing others to express their views and being curious and being open-minded, being willing to have conversations, being against censorship, deplatforming, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I'm very much a free free marketer in terms of both ideas and products and services. It's like let the let the best ideas win. Let people speak, and um, we'll we'll work it out, even if it's messy.
1: Yeah. So, all right. So, we should definitely get onto that. But so, something which is a consistent theme throughout a lot of the podcasts you're recording, just a lot of the stuff you put out on social media and your commentary in general, hmm. is and something which I quite strongly agree with is that there's something you pinpointed is basically there's a particular narrative at the moment, which almost every public figure, or public kind of celebrity, media commentator, academic, and large parts of liberal and left society just completely uncritically accept, or accept vast swathes of. yes. Um, And you are quite vocal in calling that out, not necessarily because you completely disagree with all of it, but just because you can't get your head around the fact that people can't see that agreeing on one issue shouldn't mean that you just uncritically accept all parts of the narrative. So if you could kind of go into some detail about what it is you're referring to when you try and call out this like particular narrative, which people sort of uncritically accept at the moment.
0: Yeah, well, that's a, that's a big question there. I mean, uh, look, I support free thinking. And I support, like I said, I support the ability for people to have conversations and share their ideas and to participate in society and to be allowed forgiveness. And, you know, so... I mean, you were, you were kind of talking about public figures and celebrities and stuff like that. And, and I mean, don't you think it's kind of suspect how it seems like every celebrity has the same view on everything? You know, does that seem, yeah, no, does that exactly. seem, <laughs> does that seem natural? How is it that every single, every single rapper, singer, actor, sports star, et cetera, like how, how do they all have the same views? How is it, how, you know, if you're looking at America, how is it, can they all be Democrats? Does that really yeah. make sense? You know, can they all hate Trump? Like he won. So obviously some people support him. Um, Is it possible that everyone in Hollywood, it's like, no, it's not. It's just groupthink and it's virtue signaling and it's status signaling and it's people trying to look good rather than do good. And it's people being dishonest and not being authentic in many cases and being cowardly in many cases. I can't tell you how many emails and DMs I've, when I say thousands, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating thousands. I've received thousands of messages over the past year from people across the board from you know uh an unknown school teacher in the UK to famous actors in Hollywood and well-known musicians who tell me hey man like I actually agree with so much of what you're saying and I love that you're saying it but I can't I can't retweet you I can't like your tweets cuz yeah. you know I'm worried about losing jobs or I'm worried about this or I don't want this person to think that or whatever. And so there is this chill that's been going on. There's this sort of collective cowardice. It's here in the UK, it's in America. It seems to be hitting the Anglosphere countries the most, UK, US, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, all these places which are supposed to be the freest countries in the world. And they are in many ways, but how free are we if if people are living in fear to share a basic opinion on something because they're worried about, losing their job or losing their friends or losing their family or being harassed or whatever. It's like, is that liberal? It doesn't strike me as it, right? I mean, I grew up in Saudi Arabia and people love to criticize Saudi Arabia for being not liberal in many ways. And um, I'm like, well, are you going to pretend that we don't have our own blasphemy laws here and our own things that people, you know, just can't say? Like if you go on TV and say a certain thing, even if it's well, I'm not even talking like something really genuinely offensive and radical, I'm talking about musicians. Look, I I know musicians who are afraid to say that they voted for Brexit, right? I know comedians who are afraid to say that they voted conservative. There are people working in tech in Silicon Valley who are afraid to say that um, even if they didn't vote Republican, right, they just think, oh, maybe they don't think, maybe they don't hate Donald Trump. Maybe they think, ah, actually he has got some good ideas. Maybe their parents voted for him and they can't let people know that because they're worried about losing their job, losing opportunities, et cetera. And it's like, that's insane, right? What is that? Um, like I said, we're not talking about stuff that's like beyond the pale. We're not talking about people being secretly Nazis or white supremacists or something in, in the true sense. We're just talking about people with generally more conservative views or more libertarian views who aren't on board with lots of the sort of leftist stuff. Um and look, I think whether if someone's a leftist, someone can even be a Marxist, a communist, whatever, I'm not trying to stifle their speech. I'm happy to challenge those ideas, right? I think I can defeat those ideas with my own um, arguments. But when people are trying to silence others or trying to bully others or shame others, etc., then that's where a line needs to be drawn.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, so something which really stands out to me about that and which I completely agree with is that, so I almost think of myself as kind of apolitical on, on a lot of these issues. So just to take one example, something like Brexit, mm-hmm. I wasn't massively in favour of Brexit. I kind of had no idea whether it was a good idea or not. I could see the merits to both sides. Sure. And But it's just so unbelievably obvious to me as someone who's kind of taking a dispassionate look at the conversations going on around me and social media and everything that... Mm-hmm the unbelievably strong impetus is in favor of being completely against everything to do with it and labeling anyone who had any sympathy with it whatsoever as Mm -hmm. not just someone you disagree with but someone who's potentially dangerous as Mm -hmm. evil and then there's a complete manipulation of language so obviously there are some kind of really scummy far-right people who supported brexit but the vast majority of people who voted for it just chose one sort of direction in a two-part vote, which is quite hard to be sure about the perfect outcome for, sure. and if it's been dismissed by large parts of the commentary as really disgusting racist people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so it's kind of, it's not like i put this rabid commitment to Brexit itself. It's just looking yeah, at it exactly. dispassionately. It's, like, it's the same with Trump. Like You can look at it dispassionately and say, OK, there's loads of stuff I disagree with Trump about, but mm-hmm. how can there be such complete uniformity of thought? And, everybody- and it
0: doesn't make sense because you know that, look, more people voted for Leave than voted for Remain that's how brexit happened. So how is it that the majority opinion is the one that is considered super crazy or un, you know impossible to understand or the only the only possible idea is that everyone is xenophobic or racist. And never mind the fact that you know millions of black and brown people probably voted for brexit. I haven't seen the total breakdown, but some of the most staunch brexit brexiteers i know are you know share my skin color so it's like this whole idea is just bunk and it's it's not just bunk but it's totally uncharitable right if there's something you don't understand why don't you speak to someone right if you are in the uk and look i voted remain (laughs) right i voted remain but i totally understand why somebody would vote leave right yeah i've got friends who vote i've got I know thousands of people who voted leave. I know thousands of people who voted remain. So it's not like it's impossible for me to understand both sides or that I think someone is evil or racist or some kind of, you know, terrible person because they had a slightly different take on it, right? Some people are just like, yeah, we just, you know, we want to make our own rules. We want the country to be be sovereign. We don't want to be um, at the mercy of people in Brussels who said there it was like oh, totally fair argument, totally yeah. fair argument, right? has nothing to do with hating any demographic, has nothing to do with any kind of bigotry or whatever. Just that simple argument alone, I'm like, you know what? I actually fundamentally, ideologically, I'm more pro-Leave than I am pro-Remain. The only thing that stopped me from voting for Leave was that I think because, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on Brexit, but because there wasn't, I think because people didn't really expect Leave to win there wasn't a proper clear plan so yeah. i thought mm, ideologically i'm i'm more leaning that way but in terms of practicality and having a sort of plan going ahead um there doesn't seem to be one so let's stick with the status quo that was kind of my position um and i'm sure there are a lot of people in that boat and as, and as we saw you know after 3 years of faffing around and switching prime ministers we did see that yeah there wasn't really a clear plan they didn't know what to do next so And and this this goes with many, many issues. You know, if there's something that I really don't understand, then I try to understand it. And this is the problem. This is where things are breaking down and polarizing is that a lot of people are not even trying to understand and they're not trying to interpret things in a charitable way. They're just taking the worst possible version or the worst possible reason why somebody would do something or believe something and they're kind of running with that. And it's very dishonest and it tears apart society. It makes people lose friends, makes people lose family members, etc. Over dumb crap. And I'm not a fan of that.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. But I also think it's kind of amazing the way in which... There are kind of a set number of things on any given issue, which most people think as kind of like their central plank or central thoughts on that issue, which are the reason why they're so unbelievably strongly opinionated on it and see the other side as so evil. Yes. But so much of the time, there'll be some validity to some of those stories. But then if you actually look into the full picture, it's like there'll be a bit misleading. You won't be getting the full set of facts. There'll be a lot of assumptions which are made which actually aren't very well considered. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just somehow kind of accepted in large parts of kind of culture at the moment, that these are the acceptable, acceptable opinions. And then the second stage from that is, even if everyone accepts them as acceptable opinions, like, okay, fine, that's what everyone thinks. But and then it's okay, but because these are kind of evil, we should also shut down those opinions. Mm-hmm. And they shouldn't even be viable things which we discuss in public life. And that's the kind of second stage which you discuss, which is a like kind of cancel culture side of things. Yes. So what is what would you describe cancel culture as, and what's your view of what's happened with that in general?
0: I just, well, how would I describe cancel culture? I would describe cancel culture as a societal phenomenon where people wish to exile, punish, and or ostracize people who fall out of line with the thinking within a certain tribe. So cancel culture is not new. Cancel culture is as old as humanity, right? If someone, you know, normally it would be something genuinely egregious, right? If you're living in a tribe, you're living in a community, in a village, etc., and somebody steals, murders, um, rapes, does something horribly wrong. If you're in a religious community and someone very, you know, massively violates the tenets of that religion, etc., you know, most religions have the idea of sort of excommunication, right? So you are no longer part of this thing. So it's kind of kicking someone out of a tribe um, temporarily or permanently. In its modern-day incarnation, though, what it is is it's a very unforgiving approach to anyone who, not just anybody who sins, and I'm not using that, I'm kind of using that word because I think there is a religious framing to all of this, Um, not just someone who sins, but someone who is, perceived to have sinned, right? So the person may not even have done anything wrong, but as you were saying earlier, if their views or something they say or something they do falls out of line of what of the very narrow window of what these people deem acceptable, then you want to cut off their source of income or get them kicked off of certain platforms or ha- have them have them harmed in some way, not normally physically, but certainly socially Financially, in terms of their reputation, etc., and um, and oftentimes it's it's quite permanent, right? It's um it's not it's not a forgiving aspect. Again, um and and it leads to these sort of this sort of witch hunt mentality, you know, a sort of yeah. head, hunt, head hunting, witch hunt mentality where people are trying to score points. And again, a lot of it is rooted in cowardice because a lot of the, a lot of people who engage in this behavior. They're terrified of the mob themselves, so they think that by running around and you know participating in this circular firing squad, that they they'll be the last ones to get shot. Right? If if I can throw you under the bus quicker than someone else can throw me under the bus, then I show look, I'm an ally. I'm on this side. Like, look at my dedication to this. It's very very tribal. You know, it's kind of a very prehistoric mentality. It's just being done now with very high tech digital tools. So now you know, you can participate in the witch hunt. Something can happen. Like, look at all these videos that go viral online, right? Something can happen in New York. And then you've now got people across the world trying to cancel the person who was involved in it and trying to find where where does this person live? Let's call up their employer. Well, what do they do? You know, and it's just like good grief. Like what is like, that's a very scary mentality. Like some people think it's kind of funny, but that that's the same mentality that used to get people burned at the stake right? Like, it's, it's just this, it's this emotional, just, just a a very disproportionate response many of the time, right? Massively disproportionate. And it's like, you know, even if the person did make a mistake, it's like, man, is this the best way? Is this the best way as a society, as a culture to, to deal with this? Right? What, what can't they, why don't we first find out what was going through their head? Like, let them explain themselves before they, before they walk into their job the next day and find that, 5,000 people have called up and emailed their employer telling them that they must be fired because they did, you know, it's like, let them, do we even know why they did it? Do we even know exactly what they did? Um, If they did mess up, are they, are they sorry? Like, is this something that you can just apologize for? Assuming they haven't, you know, like murdered somebody or, you know, committed some crime. It's just like, oh, oh, they said an edgy joke, which didn't really, which didn't land very well. You know, as, as yeah. if no, as if none of us have ever done that before, or yeah, they said the wrong thing to the wrong person, or they they got angry at the wrong, you know. And it's just like, come on, man, um, this is not the way. This is not a healthy society, right? That's not a healthy way to to deal with things, and it's not. A, and it's not a good way to treat people either. It's not. A, it's not kind. It's not rooted in kindness. It's rooted in vengeance and anger, and anything that's rooted in vengeance and anger rather than love and kindness is not going to be good for society
1: so you said that you think there's a kind of religious aspect to this Yeah, i would definitely i would definitely agree with that but i think it also applies to that kind of particular left world view at the moment and i guess that's kind of interwoven with cancel culture and as a whole so mm-hmm. could you kind of go into some detail as to why you think it's a religious way of looking at stuff
0: sure and when i say religious i'm talking about sort of Religious in a behavioral sense. I don't mean in a good sense. Like I'm a religious person myself, so I, I generally have a positive view on religion. But um, what what I mean is, say, so. Firstly, I think that a lot of people don't like it when I say this, but I simply think it's true. Is I think that the vast majority of people. There are always going to be exceptions and outliers. I think the vast majority of people have what I consider what I call a religious core, right? Some something in their heart, in their psyche. Which wants to that that, that, that strives to fill to, to answer certain questions in life and to set certain rules, right? To have purpose, to yeah. have meaning, a sense of community, a sense of morality, right from wrong, in group out group, um, belief in some kind of some kind of higher power, um, which doesn't have to be supernatural. So when I talk of this sort of mentality some people call it um i don't know like sort of progressivism intersectionality people call it now like sort of woke politics the woke left that kind of stuff is it's very religious in nature so it's like a lot of these people have substituted the role of traditional religion with something that in my personal opinion is is far far worse right so they still have ideas of original sin all right that's white privilege that's male privilege Okay. So no matter what you do, you're a white male. So you've got to bow forever, right? You are privileged inherently. Society is set up against you. You must bow and you must, you know, you, 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 you must, you must sort of appease the mob. There's nothing you can do about that. You've got cancel culture, which is like excommunication, even in terms of the, you know, the slogans and the chanting and the, the street demonstrations and all that kind of stuff. It's like, that's their version. It's almost like their version of church, you know? Um, And so I draw a lot of parallels with it. So that's why I say that it's kind of religious in this in, in an old school sense. So if you think of like an old school or sort of a very fundamentalist, like very sort of hardcore fundamentalist religion where yeah. it's like very unforgiving and sort of a- aggressive and hostile towards outgroups, et cetera, or even people who are in the in-group who err, that is what I'm seeing sort of taking hold. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a Christian. and. Christianity certainly in the West today, I mean, I'm, I might argue it's actually been dil- diluted too much, but it's certainly not um, – I, I don't think most people would, would describe Christianity or, or Christians generally as being sort of like hyper intolerant or aggressive or whatever. But if you go back in history yeah. and you see a lot of stuff that was done in the name of religion, then it's like, okay, we've kind of come full circle here. And maybe it's not as violent or bloody yet, <laughs> yeah. but – um but it's the same, it's the same psychological pattern. It's the same group behavior. It's the same mob mentality, the same desire to fit in the same desire to otherize people, all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's sort of why I use that. That's why I use that language um, in terms of describing it as being somewhat of a religious phenomenon.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I also think that there's this kind of ability to shut out any alternative viewpoint instantly and just dismiss it as dangerous which is blasphemy Blasphemy. yeah it is like blasphemy So, so you can sound kind of a bit kind of uptight and like you've you're getting too het up about it if you're saying oh my god it's basically a new blasphemy but actually if you look at the situation at the moment it's very difficult to publicly even just offer an alternative narrative to the commonly accepted one on a large mm-hmm. number of issues and i think that on loads of those issues large percent a large percentage of society will have at least some misgivings but it's mm-hmm. just obvious that if you come out with them publicly you're in for a world of pain and i yeah. think that's that's kind of where it gets its religious zeal mm-hmm. element because there's a there was a cambridge academic who today said something like or yesterday something about white lives don't matter yes, and so i saw that. It's just it's such a religious way of framing what you think. Obviously, you can justify it with the theory behind it because you can justify anything with large like amounts of theoretical yeah. like discussion. But basically, anyone who says something like that in is in a mainstream institution, and it's the fact that it's worrying to criticise her because you're going to get hounded by people. Mm-hmm. Is just a And, good, Cam- good and idea.
0: Cambridge leapt to her defence, despite the fact that previously they'd what tried to they they'd prevented uh, Jordan Peterson. They'd yeah. rescinded his offer to to uh, do some teaching there. So, you, you know, th- this is the thing, the hypocrisy within the whole thing and the double standards are unbelievable. And look, I'm someone who's very, I try to be very principled and I try to ap- apply my principles very fairly and equally and consistently. And so one thing that I'm really, that jars me, right, really jars me and makes me lose respect for people quickly is... When uh, people don't do that, right? When people have different rules, totally different rules, totally different um, ideas of right and wrong, totally different sort of, um, yeah, just, just, just totally different standards on different people, okay? So, okay, so that same academic, right? So she she posted up, she said, white lives don't matter. Okay. What if she said black lives don't matter? What if she said Jewish lives don't matter? What if she said Arab lives don't matter? What if she, any group other than white, any other demographic, any other racial group, ethnic group, etc.? what would be the result? Right. Not just from the university, but from the general public. Right. How would that be tolerated? Would she still even be on Twitter?
1: Yeah, right? exactly.
0: If, if someone, if, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. Right, the university certainly wouldn't be rushing to defend her. The the whole framing is different, and I'm like, you know, and you get these people who are like, oh, Zuby, that's that's different, right? It's different," and I'm like, "No, but to me, it's not because I have principles and I apply them equally. So if it's fair game to say one of these statements, then it's fair game to say the other. If it's not, right? If one of them is bad, if it's bad to say Black Lives Don't Matter." Which I would agree with. I, I would agree that that's a bad thing to say, right? Then it's also bad to say white lives don't matter. It's also bad to say Jewish lives don't matter, et cetera. And the people who say these things around the world or throughout history, they don't tend to be the good guys, right? They don't tend to, <laughs> pe- <laughs> right? the, the, the people who, who use this kind of language, right? they don't tend to be the good guys. So once you're sort of advocating, that or you're making these kind of statements or you're saying whiteness should be abolished or cancel white people, you know, I have a very simple rule. Substitute substitute the demographic with any other demographic and tell me how it sounds. If it sounds racist, if it sounds sexist, if it sounds deeply bigoted, it probably is. That's my rule.
1: The other thing is that you can use, anything can be justified using like political theory, because taken to its end point, you could come up, like everyone who's ever said that any group of people's lives don't matter, like in communist China, it's like the middle class peasants' lives don't matter, or in in Russia or wherever it is that Mm -hmm. they've said X groups' lives or Jewish lives don't matter in Nazi Germany, those people probably genuinely thought that they were making a good point and were acting morally, and they probably had some sort of theoretical justification for it in their minds. But the fact that you can justify it doesn't mean that it is therefore something which we should be tolerating in public discourse because it's somehow deemed progressive at this time. And thats I think that's a good example because it's basically it links to the misuse of language because that's just such a consistent theme, I think, in terms of how the boundaries of discussion have shifted. Mm -hmm. And that's something you've talked about quite a lot. So maybe if you could look into that a bit, that'd be quite interesting.
0: Yeah, sure. So language is super important. You know, I'm a professional rapper. So trust me, I I know the power of words. I, I believe that words are important. Um, And I think, again, I've said, I think people should be allowed to speak freely, right? All all of these statements we've been talking about, I think people should be allowed to say them, right? And you should be allowed to criticize them and damn them for saying them, right? I'm not a supporter of, I'm a true, I wish the UK had an equivalent of the First Amendment, right? Because I think that's, it's better than the alternative, even though it's messy. And look, I, I have faith in human beings that I don't believe that the only reason People don't call me the N-word as I walk down the street. I, I don't think that's because of hate speech laws. I think it's because most people are not cruel, callous a-holes, right? Yeah, I don't think it's because, okay, we just you – know, we're, we're, we're dying to say it. We're, we're all dying to be like these raging – um, you know, racists and sexists and homophobes, but we just don't do it because we don't want the police coming at us, all right That's not reality. Most people are, yeah. vast majority of people are decent <laughs> and vast majority of people will stick up for decency and they don't like bigotry. So yeah, I think in terms of words, it's, um, it's, it's a tool and it's a game that look, I don't, I really don't like to use the term the left and the right. Cause it, it's kind of plays into the division. But it's a tool that people on the left side of the spectrum have been using culturally and politically as a weapon very well, very effectively for a super long time. And look, sometimes it's fine for words to change. Words naturally change over time. But oftentimes, certain words are used or certain terms are introduced purely for ideological purposes. So there are certain terms and phrases and words that I personally refuse to use non-ironically, right? I, I, would, I just don't use them because I don't even want to play the game, right? This, the best way to win certain games is just to not not play, right? And like, no, nah, I don't I don't accept your rules, okay? If you're trying to, if, we, if you want to have a conversation about racism and you're trying to tell me that you're trying to redefine the meaning of the word and you're trying to say that racism equals, it's no, it's not just racial prejudice, it's prejudice plus institutional power or whatever. Right? I'm not playing that game. I'm not playing that game. I'm like, no, we're going to use the proper definition so that you can't come with your nonsense of only white people can be like, no, like don't play the game. Just don't play the game, right? Say, no, like I'm not, look, we're, we're going to use the proper definition and then we can have a conversation. If someone wants me to, you know, like there, there are a lot of terms and phrases that I, that I just don't use because I know they're so ideologically charged and by playing, you're almost guaranteeing that you're going to lose long-term. And this is something I think a lot of conservatives don't really understand, maybe because on average, you know, more conservative people aren't as creative. Um, But yeah, they they always let the other side control the language. And I think that's a perennial mistake. Like that's an ongoing mistake. And again, I'm not in the thing of like, this is like a war between the right and left or whatever. But it's like, um, it's a very subversive tool. Um, Because if you can get people speaking the language and you can control the language in terms of what people can say and can't say and must say and must not say then yeah once you can control that then you can control thought
1: a good example of that is how people use the word violence for example
0: yes great example
1: it's like ideas have suddenly become violent and it's Mm -hmm. not like they're talking about reading mind camp or talking about joining the kkk or something they're just talking about basically ideas which they disagree with which they can theoretically position in some power structure as a violent way of oppressing that person and then exactly. once once it's become accepted as oh okay well i guess that word is a bit violent that idea is a violent and then it's like okay well violence is a way of stopping people having their freedom so we should just ban you being just able to ban it. That yeah. and it, just and it, to and it also though.
0: means you can retaliate with physical violence right because if someone if someone commits violence upon you you are in your right to defend yourself with violence right? Yeah. If someone comes up to me and punches me, I can punch them back, right? So if someone commits violence upon me by, you know, this is like the whole Antifa tactic, right? Because what do Antifa call their little marches and protests and stuff? They call them self-defense. Yeah, right? exactly. they, 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 they say defense. So the idea- They call the themselves idea...
1: Antifa as well. That's another excuse. I've seen like some exactly. of them, it's like maybe they are, some of them are anti-fascist in some situations, but if you're going around- stopping... Who are the
0: fascists? Well, Where are the fascists? I keep look I keep hearing about fascists. If someone can I I've, I've met a lot of people in the world, man. I've met a lot of people, I've met hundreds of thousands of people. Do you and I've met people of all political persuasions, but you know what? I haven't actually met a fascist. It's strange yeah. that. You know, it's well, a boogeyman
1: well again, no, I, I understand that point, but I do think that if there are situations where you go to these marches and mm-hmm. there will be these really disgusting far right elements sure. on them. So I guess if you use if you classify those people as fascists, I think there obviously is like a far-right threat, in my opinion, mm-hmm. in the West.
0: Yeah. But I
1: just think that the use of language, so me and you might disagree on that, but let's say that Antifa describe themselves as anti-fascist, mm-hmm. but that expands from protecting a group of black people from fascists and it then includes them stopping an elderly jewish couple going to a talk by dave rubin it's like that is actually if anything it's slightly more fascistic as a way of acting yeah. than just doing nothing so the language but once they define themselves as anti-fascist if you oppose them it's like oh well you mm-hmm. must be really right wing oh, of course be really yeah. fascist.
0: Look, the, look, the gen- i have a general rule that like if you're out on the streets wearing a mask you know padded gloves carrying a baseball bat like you're pr- probably not the good guy, you know, like fair again, (laughs) you know, once you're out on the street, sort of like, like beating up senior citizens and like blocking cars and throwing Molotov cocktails, there's probably been some exceptions in history, but you're probably not, probably not the good guy. You know, it's not normally how good guys behave. So, um, yeah, you're right. It's just the, it's just the warping of language. And as soon as you start accepting the terms then slowly and slowly you start to accept the ideas, and some of these ideas just need to be rejected. Right? Words are not violence, period. So, like the word of the word violence has a meaning, and you can't just take that and pervert it to mean whatever to mean whatever you want. Um, that's just not how it works. And it's important to be precise in language. So people should be just generally people should be wary when people try to subvert and change language in such a way for their, you know, to use it as a political weapon. And it's something I'm very aware of, like I'm hyper aware of it, and I don't think most people are at all. I think 98% of people kind of just go along with it. And um, and some of these terms are not even things that are obviously subversive, but some of them are. So for example, I despise the term people of color. I really dislike that term. POC is even worse, Right. Like, I don't use that term. I will never, ever, unless I'm being, unless I'm telling a joke or I'm being ironic, I will never refer to myself as a POC or a BAME, right? Like, I'll I'll say that I'm black, but I'm like, don't call me a BAME, a POC. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what are you, and 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 when did these terms even enter the lexicon, right? Up until the age of like, or my early 20s, I don't think I'd ever even heard the phrase, like, I'm not sure I'd even heard the phrase people of color, POC. B-A-M-E And again, that's a psychological trick like, That's a subversive trick that's, That term is look, The reason I don't like it Is because It's simultaneously look, look. Firstly, the only people who need These terms to exist Are Like people in the woke left Or actual Like Nazis and KKK types right? Those are the only people who need a delineation between white people and everybody else. Because that's all it means, right? People of color just means non-white as if we're laundry or something. That's all it means. It doesn't mean, it's not specific. It's not talking about specifically Arab people or Chinese people or um, African people, et cetera. It just means non-white. Because oftentimes when I tell people I don't like the term, they're like, oh, what would you prefer me to use? I'm like, why do you need a term that means Everybody who's not white. Why? Why? Why do you need that term? Never in my life has a time ever come where I need to specifically refer to this demographic. So what's even going on there? Um, and people don't think about this. They just see it's it's. They just see people using it and they just adopt it without any question. Another thing that's ridiculous about it is the fact that the term "colored person" is considered offensive. That's not PC, but "person of color" is supposed to be like totally I'm like that is stupid (laughs) like like since like this is just syntax like how how can that would be like me saying you know if you said you know Zuby is a strong person and I'm like hey man that's really offensive I am a person of strength though you can call me a person of strength (laughs) you know it's just like what is this it's stupid and no one thinks about it people are just like sheep just man they just go along with it and I'm like look and as far as I'm concerned it just creates more division because it makes people view the world as white people versus everybody else because that's what the term means. Well, right? even Either the, you're, Yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, I was just going to say, even the term black is now being used Politically. in a kind of theoretical sense to say that yes. it was like, you know, like, Joe Biden, that's just one example, but he's just basically giving voice to what the academics have been saying for ages, which is yes. he said, you ain't black if you don't mm-hmm. vote for the Democrats. So basically, he, if you didn't vote for the Democrats, he would now say that you don't even count as a black person. No. And it's like, that's actually not that out of the mainstream. I mean, Joe Biden's a kind of relatively centrist guy, and he's coming up with this sort of stuff. So it's almost like the terminology is meaningless, because whatever the term is, they can just bend it to suit their particular narrative. And that allows them, in turn, to be... I mean, we should also get on to the right, because I do have loads of problems with the right as well. But I just always end up talking about, like, parts of the intolerance of the left. But it's unbelievably clear to me that public figures who are outspoken, who aren't white get so much abuse and loads of it uses explicitly racial language, which I wouldn't oh, really? say on here. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> really? You probably get quite a lot of that.
0: Yeah. And this, and this is why some people are like, Oh, how come you don't call out the right as much? It's because the right don't call me that nobody, nobody, no conservatives or people on the right are calling me uh, a house Negro or a coon or an uncle. Tom. like, that's always from the left. And, and, and that's not new either. Like for, as far back as I remember, any time someone has ever levied one of those things at me, normally online, it's always from someone who's supposed to be a liberal, supposed to be a progressive, whatever. And so am I supposed to just ignore like five, if I've if, if i if I've been called this 500 times and it's always coming from someone with the from the same, am I meant to be like, okay, there's no pattern here and the right is just as bad? I'm like, no, it's not, right? So you can talk all you want about this side being more racist or whatever, but I'm like, well- as, as you as, to use your own words in my lived experience, that's just not reality, and it's not just me because you can speak. I can guarantee you, if you speak to any black or brown conservative, I can assure you they've all been called these terms.
1: Oh right? yeah, they get all. so much shit. It's actually it's actually really amazing to me how <laughs> complex it is to see it. it I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't believe it if I hadn't seen it. <laughs>
0: It's, in, in, in a way, I'm glad people are seeing it now because of social media. Because this goes back beyond before social media. Yeah, yeah. Right? This goes way before that. But now it's like visible so people can see. So I, I can show examples of when people are like, oh, what are you talking about there, Zuby? I'm like, this is what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Because um, I'm just – you know I just share my views, right? I just like anybody else, right? I'm not I, – and I never – in my views, it's not like I'm – I don't put down black people, I'm not like, you know, some people, oh, you're self-hating. I'm like, no, tell, show me anywhere where I've ever denigrated. Black. Why, why would I? Like, that's ridiculous. Like, I'm, I'm a black guy. Why would I just want to denigrate myself? Like, no, I'm simply stating my views and I'm trying to be open and, and authentic. I just don't, I'm just not a leftist, right? Yeah. Does that <laughs> where, 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 in, where in the guide to being black? Does it say that, that yeah, I need but you're, to you're, vote, you're not
1: black, though, because you're not leftist? It's, so you just it's actually count.
0: amazing. And, and it's even more crazy because, you know, I'm originally from Africa and Africa is probably one of the most conservative continents in the entire world. So like this whole idea that sort of black conservatives are rare is also just factually totally wrong. Right. It comes from a very America centric worldview where they see that most black people vote for Democrat in America. And there's like, look, black, black Americans are like 40 million out of a billion, right? The vast majority of black people on earth, on average, would, if you could do any poll on anything, I could almost guarantee would be more conservative than the average white person, right? <laughs> like, Africa is a much more conservative continent than Europe is, than North America is. And it, it's funny, you know, like, in Nigeria, I'd be considered pretty liberal, Right. I'd probably be more on the left side of the spectrum overall in terms of the society, in terms of my views, certainly in terms of certain social issues. Right. So, for example, as someone who's pretty libertarian, like certainly from a totally from a legal perspective, if someone's gay, like I don't care, whatever, you know, like, yeah, like let them free, let people do what they want. Like, I don't care. I don't have any kind of thing like that. Whereas in some somewhere like Nigeria or let alone Saudi Arabia, like that's a much you know, people are way more conservative on that issue, even, even on a legal level, not just a social level, but a legal level. And yeah, like me, I'm, I'm not with that. Like I'm, I'm more liberal than that. So
1: with another thing which is kind of related to the use of language point, but I think it's just a kind of general observation which I can't shake and which always seems kind of really central to me is the fact that just because something is defined as the progressive view – I don't think people should fall into the trap of thinking that it necessarily is actually the progressive view. And so, just to give use one example of that, there was literally a what seems like a homophobic attack in the UK a few days ago in Reading. I mean, it killed three gay guys Mm -hmm. who were completely innocent who were doing nothing. We're not sure of the facts yet, but it looks like it may have been Islamist inspired. And so on the basis that it might have been Islamist-inspired, it's been basically not really discussed as a homophobic attack. It's not really being addressed in the same way it would have been if it had been a racist far-right attack, which mm. would... If there was a racist far-right attack or a homophobic far-right attack, and it basically wasn't discussed in ideological terms, I would be unbelievably worried by that. But every, almost every time there's a radical Islamist jihadist attack, it's just discussed as if it's a kind of random terroristic thing which... We should not look back in anger at and yeah. I kind of understand the impulse behind that. But at the same time, I'm not sure that it's clear cut that it's progressive to not call out a murderous, <laughs> homophobic, anti-Semitic, racist yeah. ideology.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's weird. And again, it's cowardice, bro. It's all cowardice. People are cowards. And this includes the media. It includes the media, right? Why why don't why won't certain media channels even have me on them? Right. How come I how come I can speak to certain media channels and there? They really want me. And then other ones like, you know, it's not going to be a peep. They know I exist. They all know I exist, but they don't want me. Right. They want the black person who's going to come on and say what they want them to say. They say they want black voices. No, they want certain types of black voices. And um, this comes to something I sort of alluded to in a tweet earlier where I said that I actually believe that systemic and institutional racism exists. It's just not what I think you guys think it is. And this is what I was sort of hinting at. Right, because they only want certain voices, they only want certain narratives, they only want certain messages. Right, they want you to be the right type of that demographic. Right, they want you. To, they want they want you to say what you want, what they want you to say. Right, they come and woe is me, and you know, come and cry about how horrible my life here in the UK is because of my skin color, etc. And um, this is not to detract from anyone who has experienced racism or who has had bad times or whatever. But I find it amazing that that's the only side that certain channels want to give. And you know, it's the same thing in the US, right? Always the same thing, always the same messaging, always the, you know, woe is me. I'm so oppressed. Everything is terrible. Everything is racist. Everyone is horrible. White people are bad. And honestly, like I've reached the stage where I'm just tired of it. And like, I've been tired of it for a while, but it's just like, I don't know, like I've just become, I've reached the stage where I've just become so open about it, like my disdain for some of this stuff, because I'm just because I, I think it's I think it's damaging, and I do think that it actually keeps people down. I genuinely think it keeps people down, and it's so funny because a lot of the woke types see the opposite. So they're like, "Oh my gosh, Zuby is not embracing his he's why why is he not embracing his oppression and playing the same game we are?" It must be because he hates black people, and it's like no. Like, I want black people to succeed. Like, I want everybody to succeed. And I don't think the way you succeed is by, you know, drowning yourself in what I call trauma porn and just, like, talking about how terrible everything is and talking as if it's, you know, 1920 or 1940. and ni- It's it's 2020. And, and also it's like, look, like, in reality, I've never in my life, because people, a lot of people struggle to have any kind of nuance in what they're saying. So they think if you say one thing, they think it's either all the way here or it's all the way there, so i'll get people who are like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you said racism doesn't exist I'm like please tell me in my life, please tell me, please show me where I have ever said or written that racism doesn't exist never, never, right, but also, is racism do I think it's as bad it, again in twenty twenty right now i'm not talking about I'm not talking about slavery i'm not talking right right now, do I think that it is, you know, someone who resembles me is going to, you know, and I say the same thing to, to feminists who think that, you know, there's this, we live in a patriarchy and we men are just, you know, putting the boot down on women and what, I'm like, no. <laughs> and it's it's such a pessimistic worldview. It's so pessimistic. I'm like, look, stuff is good. Stuff is great. Is it perfect? No, but it's great compared to most of the world, compared to most of history, We are literally the most blessed generation with crazy opportunity, crazy. Look at what we're doing right now. It's magic, right? Like crazy opportunity, crazy technology. Like the law has never been more fair and even across the board. It's not like, oh, you know what? Like there was a time, there was a time where legally, you know, someone who looks like you and someone who looks like me, like literally the laws are different right? So you can work certain jobs, I can't work them. You get paid a certain amount, I get paid less. This, 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 you know, And it's just like, that, is, that was awful. And we can recognize that that still has some impact on the modern day, especially perhaps in the US. But to sort of perpetuate this narrative, this, victim, this victimology, and just keep people wrapped up in that mindset forever, it stokes division, it stokes resentment, it stops people from achieving, it stops people from even trying to achieve. Because if the game is rigged, why would you even want to play? And fundamentally, it keeps, it keeps down the same people who, you know, these progressive types are claiming to want to lift up, right? It just keeps people weak, keeps people needy, keeps people voting, you know, and it, and it, it keeps the votes coming in, right? So it keeps, And that's why I find the whole thing is very insidious. Right? It's just like I see through it and I'm just like, you know, I'm, and I'm sure some people mean well, but um, yeah, it's, it's not working.
1: Yeah, well, it's definitely something which once you see through it a bit, your life is just never relaxing basically ever again, I think. But, no. so, but I mean, I wanted to make on that point, I think that there's a danger of, because loads of people aren't actually hypersensitive to this stuff. They just feel this kind of vague sense that it's the right thing to think. Sure. sure. They don't actually know what the ideological underpinning of it is, um, which I think means that people like me and you can get really obsessed with pointing out the kind of berserk elements to it. And then be reluctant to... It's, it's a bit of a depressing way to end up thinking because I'm constantly so aware of the misinformation and the lack of nuance and the lack of accuracy and the way which people are just going along with the narrative that mm. you end up making those points when there are other points which the left, I think, the kind of traditional standard yes. left view of the world is actually good at picking out problems with society which the I, right often misses. I agree with you. And so th- this is a perfect example of that at the moment which is I really think that there are profound issues affecting black america and i really don't think it makes any sense to say everything's fine and we should just keep it as it is because i'm sure there are changes which can be made but at the same time i'm really reluctant to just accept assertions which are really vaguely made and basically don't stand up to scrutiny because they're on the right side of making a change happen just to Mm -hmm. use one example the statistics about police violence it's the police violence is a complete disgrace, but the way it's being presented is massively disproportionately affecting that mm-hmm. communities. Once you look into it, it's not as clear cut as it's being no, made it's out. Not. No. And so, to call that out isn't an attempt to say that nothing's wrong. It's just an attempt to have an actually accurate conversation. Yeah. Otherwise, you just go to the other extreme. Which yes, is, like, it, so how do you approach that?
0: Look, this this is one of the I, I look. Firstly, I agree with you, right? I think that it's important to have a, the problem with po- political polarization is it stops stuff from getting done. Right, That's that's a big part of it because people on – to to use the simple terminology, people on the right can easily see the blind spots of people on the left. And people on the left can see the blind spots of people on the right. So if you actually want to see the whole picture, you need some diversity of opinion, right? Because there will be certain issues that I'm not aware of or certain things that I can project – into the future that I will see that some of these progressives won't. You know, if someone is like super duper, like super mega right wing, right? They're going to have blind spots in terms of certain things, even in terms of some aspects, sometimes of just like genuine, genuine sort of like fairness and equality and whatever, or looking out for people in certain positions that someone who's more liberal and more left leaning can be like, Hey, you know, like there's some people here who are kind of getting left behind or who things aren't totally equal for or whatever. So you'd actually need, you need this dialogue to be constantly going on, and a big problem I see with the sort of the modern left, especially in the past decade, um, one of my biggest criticisms of them is they overplay their hand all the time, right? So instead of just like pushing it to the level where everyone can agree, they they take it so far beyond that I now have to reject what they're saying. Do you see what I mean? So take any of these issues. You, you were talking about the police brutality issue, okay? Nearly, regardless of someone's political position, almost everybody, everybody decent, agrees that racism is bad and the police should not brutalize or kill um, citizens unnecessarily. Everybody agrees, right? It's not like conservatives are pro police brutality and pro racism and the left is against it. It's like, no, everybody agrees on those. But Instead of instead of saying that, instead of looking at the statistics and like you were saying and analyzing the problem and talking about it openly, it becomes this is the reality of black men. This is the reality of black people in the USA. They can't go outside without being lynched. Right? The police are just riding around murdering murdering black people. We see this every day. The cops are one I saw AOC say that the cops are the police are one of the biggest killers of black people in the US. This is these are just lies. You know what I mean? It's so hyperbolic and emotional, and and but it's like, look, th- that doesn't help because as soon as you start going that way, I'm like, well, and you know, or defund the police, right? So we, we so we, how do we end police brutality? Get rid of the police, abolish the police. I'm not with you anymore. Do you see what I mean? Like I was with you, <laughs> I was, I was with you like at the beginning, but you've overplayed your hands so hard that I'm like, well, I, I how am I? I can't support defund the police. I can't support right, and I I can't support the narrative that. I can't even go to America because like the cops are just going to see me and shoot me on site. It's like, look, this is not, this is not helpful.
1: I was listening to one of your podcasts last night to prepare for this. I can't remember which one, but you made a point, which so I, I've been kind of really critical of this cancel culture stuff. But one of the things you said, which I hadn't really thought about that much is that I actually don't really have that impulse to silence people. I disagree with. I, I mm. think like, oh, I wish I'd just shut up, yeah. but that's different to, actively thinking oh yeah i'm gonna try and get them fired and taken off of social media even if they're really anti-semitic or coming out with some really crazy like nuts stuff Mm -hmm. i never really go to the oh i need to ban that person as my first instinctive response and you made the point that that's just kind of embedded in the way that this cancel culture especially on the liberal left side of things is going at the moment is that's just a kind of way you're almost expected to respond when something challenges the point of view and so it's mm-hmm. weird because it's kind of like people are conditioned at the moment just to go to that as the default
0: yeah and uh, you know and, and you you may be relatively rare in that regard but um i certainly think yeah for the vast majority of people if they are being um you know challenged if they're being confronted with something that they don't like their the natural desire is to you know to 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 silence it just to, to stop it to attack it that's the, that's the natural reaction for, for most people. So I can understand the sort of, there's a lot of stuff that I can understand from a psychological perspective, as much as I, I may totally disagree with it, right? I can understand the desire for cancel culture. I can also understand the sort of, you know, the mob mentality, whether in the real world or online, right? I can understand the mentality of people who want to go out and riot and set buildings on fire and loot places. I, I can understand it but i totally condemn it right like i can understand why man like i i can i can understand a lot of stuff that i wish i couldn't understand right? <laughs> right i can i can understand a lot of like atrocious murderous behavior that happens now and has happened throughout history i can understand it from a psychological perspective but it's still wrong right it's just wrong and i i i fear that we we can't Start making excuses. Again, as someone who thinks that... Uh, look, I believe that whatever... Like, we, we, we as a society and a culture, we, we sort of des- decide what, what tools and weapons you can bring to the game, okay? And as soon as you start bringing certain tools and weapons, you have to recognize that they can be used against you, okay? So if you want to play certain games, then you can't be shocked... When the opposition, whatever side you're on, when the opposition is like, okay, well, you used you used that card on me, you hit me with that weapon, so I'm going to use that same one on you, and that's what people really need to be careful of because all of this stuff it can always go both ways. It can always go both ways, and if people are genuinely worried about um, if if people are genuinely worried about the far right. Which fortunately has been quelled pretty well for the past decade or so. Like then, the far left need to be kept in check because these the 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 extremes feed off of each other. The far right and far left aren't that different, right? They 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 in terms of tactics, in terms of the type of people who are drawn to them, et cetera. It it's a very similar thing. It's both very you know it leads to violence. It's authoritarian. It's intolerant, et cetera. And when one springs up and is not Reined in, then the other one tends to spring up, right? If 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 a genuine far right, like massive presence, springs up, then you will get like you know Antifa types rising up against it. If Antifa types are rising up and causing all these problems, and no one is dealing with them, then you will get you know. Look at what happened even just in the UK, right, with the statue thing, right? And that was and that was predictable. It was like, look, if people keep pulling down these statues and defacing them or whatever, you're going to get a bunch of these lads, right? You're going you're to get a bunch of lads with like, you know, shaved heads and England flags, and they're going to come out and they're going to want to fight. It's a lo and behold, it literally happened just as you know, just like that. And it's this reactionary back and forth. So again, I just think people need to be need to be very careful of that, and they need to be what wor- they need to think about what tools they're bringing, because um, yeah, they can always be turned against you.
1: Oh, that is such a great point to end on. I also completely agree with that. Um, But I always forget to say this, so everyone who's watching this, just click subscribe, hit the like button, leave us some comments. And also, if you're listening on a podcast, give us a good review and a rating. Uh, All right, Zuby, that was really great. Thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate that.
0: You're very welcome. (laughs)